Jones. Looking, steps, throws to the end zone. Welcome to Raise the Roof in Arkansas podcast. It's your host, Braden and Hayden. We're here to talk some more Arkansas basketball. We have a bunch of games to catch up on, so here we go. And this is for your 10th ranked Arkansas Razorbacks currently. Yeah, we're picking up from Maui, so we have the last six games on the non-conference schedule to go over today, so stick with us. You know, first is the last game in November, right? Yeah, start off with the home game against Troy. Ended up being a 74-61 win, but it was nitty-gritty all the way down until the last few minutes. Yeah, the 13-point win is not a reflection of how close the game was at one point. Um, I mean, actually really throughout, because Troy was actually leading at half, and then they were leading with about six minutes left, and you, you know, as a fan, you're like, you get kind of worried. You're like, oh no, what's what's going on? Uh, you, I mean, you could tell coming back from Maui, Braden, that they were fatigued. Like that, that they were not. I mean, you travel to Hawaii and back. Like that's gonna take a lot out of you. You play three games in three days. Yeah, seems like they had a little case of the jet lag, maybe a little extra weight on the legs. Right. Yeah, like you said, Troy was up two at half. They went up three with seven minutes left before the big 17-0 run that sealed the game. So, yeah. I mean, it's what Must has been known for in his time. Those late runs take control of the game when you need to. Right, right. And, well, we didn't really know what it – because offensively, this was more a low-scoring game. At least I know we went on the 17 row at the end, but before that it was more low scoring than probably what we would have thought. And it just scoring didn't look likely. And then at the end, luckily, we had a guy take over. And it probably wasn't who. I think this was the game where maybe I felt Ricky Council's, you know, number one scorer on the team. Yeah, after what he did in Maui, I thought Anthony Black was going to be the guy to take over. But no, Ricky Council came in and had a tremendous like, last seven minutes of the game. Really sparked that run that ended up sealing the game for Arkansas. Right, yep. He had, he had like, scored 13 points in, like, the last six minutes of the game, which is incredible, including a super deep three-pointer. That shot clock's running out. I think Arkansas was only up um, like one or something, and he drains this th- deeper than NBA three, and goes in, um, and then from there he makes for the layups, like jumpers, like he just that game, Braden. He knew where the defense, like where they were going to be positioned, and he found the holes within the defense, and he um, he took advantage. Like I, th- I feel like. Ricky, when he's at his best, he can find those pockets in the defense where he can take those jumpers or drive in t- to take layups. But but you see, you and I have seen games where maybe the defense is limits him more, and so he has to pass more, 
and th those pockets aren't as much there. But for the Troy game, I felt like there were plenty of pockets. Another thing for this game was also the season debut for Nick Smith. Only played, oh, yes. yep. only played five minutes, didn't score, but it's still really good to see him on the court for the first time. Standing ovation, right, when he first came in. Mm-hmm. He shot a three, he airballed it, and uh, he, was, he was probably feeling very a lot of adrenaline. Well, it's the first game-time action he's seen in college and overall in uh, probably seven, eight months. Not if you're not counting like practice scrimmaging. Well, Anthony Black played pretty much the whole game at fourteen and eight. Council had twenty seven on twelve of eighteen shooting. And then you had Makai had fourteen and nine on six of eight shooting. So those three really carry the scoring. Yeah, Makai as we've seen is like more of a dominant big than I thought he would be. I didn't really know what to expect because right they played at uh, what Rhode Island, um, mm -hmm. and now I think I I, I trust Makai like he he's got a really good looking jump hook I think you you'd say the same and uh, he's a good scorer he's really good at spinning and and um, creating layups for the team right what's the highest percentage shot in basketball is layups and he's really good at making um, spinning and making room for layups so. Yeah, he has really good moves down in the post, which is something we really haven't seen in a while. With Even with how good the um, last few big men we've had, like Jalen Williams and Daniel Gafford, having post moves wasn't really their game. Back to the basket offense wasn't really their game. Right. So it's kind of refreshing, a little different from what we're used to out of our big men. I don't think I've seen it since uh, Moses Kingsley. And that was a long time ago. That was back to Dusty Hanna's days. And even Moses wasn't quite as good at spinning, but he had a really good hook shot um, But and he, good at taking jumpers. But that's the thing about Makai, right? He's, he's not like Jalen that can take, we're going to see take three-pointers or uh, elbow jumper shots, right? Not very common, but he's, like I said, just really good at making layups for himself. He's got a really good pump fake, too, to get yeah. the defense in the air. I mean, he's he's crafty on the block, and he's he's a pretty decent passer, too, and he's always seems to be open down there. I mean, when you have guys like Anthony Black and Nick Smith that command a lot of attention, he just has to kind of sneak back there and lay low on the post, and then he's going to find himself open. Right, right. But overall, maybe not the best Arkansas game, considering that it was so close for, like, 75% of the game, but they did what they had to, took control late, ended it up with a 13-point win. Yeah, I mean, that was, like I said, important. Like, you... I think the coaching staff just recognizes when there could be a trap game or when the team is, you know, maybe can come out a little flat and they prepare this team. There's no... This team, I think, knows... Is they're really good about, I think since the Hofstra game last year, like in these non-con games, just pulling them out and being gritty and gutty even when you don't have it all because, like I said, we know the Hofstra loss last year hurt that net. I mean, I, I think you and I have crit, crit, criticized the net ranking enough, but it does hurt that ranking, and 
they can afford one of those, especially after I think that game versus San Diego State. You need to keep keep it keep it going, and luckily they did. Yeah, it really could have been a trap. First game back after a road trip, playing a pretty decent team too. Someone that you might overlook because they don't really have that big name value, but are still pretty tough. Right. But I mean, that's one thing Mus has talked about before. He preaches play. Don't play to your opponent. Play your best game because he shows them their up, the upsets that happen all over the or the NCAA. He shows them who's getting upset. He says, "We don't want this to be us." Yep. No, Mus is so smart, and again, part of that he comes from Mountain West, which is a, a mid-major conference, and now it's not. It's a better conference than a, like a school like the Sun Belt or you know other conferences, but. Mus is smart about that. That's where I'm glad his expertise is that he comes from a, a smaller conference where you do have to win these non-con games to get into the tournament. And um, anyway, so I think that Mus respects those teams a lot is important and uh, it's good for this team. And going back to the net, we saw with that hostile loss, we saw how much a bad loss can hurt you, like even more than a good win can help you. Right. I mean, our, this team last year had so many good wins, and they just couldn't move up the rankings. Yeah, well, so you kept Hofstra, staying ahead. Yep. Yeah, Hofstra just kept holding them back from moving up the rankings. These other teams that didn't have a loss like that on their record but didn't have quite the, as impressive a wins were staying ahead. The Hofstra loss last year really um, denied us from being a three-seed. I think if we would get that win and the same season results were a three-seed in the tournament. I could be wrong, but... I think it held us back, and you know, from a four to a three seed is a huge deal. You, the four seed, you know, you have to play the one, and luckily we beat Gonzaga. But you would rather be the three, like we were the COVID year. So, um, anyway, I mean, yeah, this team had more impressive wins than the year before, and where they were a lower seed because that one loss. Right. So yeah, I mean, we see how much one bad loss can hurt your your season. I mean, as far as rankings go, drops you down can drop you down a whole ranking in the come seat turn tournament time. Right. But next game started December. A big first Saturday game. Big win against uh, San Jose State. They put up ninety nine points. Yeah. Yep. That was I think the first Saturday game at home. Maybe not the first Saturday game, but the first Saturday game at home. Um, yeah. And the I, team showed out. Yeah, that was that's when everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, this team looks impressive." Maybe that was the most, uh, what would you say, like most convincing that this team has potential. Um, well, no, because Maui was very convincing, but this this game was like so flawless, like that Mississippi Valley State game a couple years ago, where you just win big and everything looks right. But well, I miss yeah. It's hard to compare the Miss Valley game to anything else because you put up 142. Yeah, yep. But you know, everything went well. And like this game, you, I think San Jose State, I think they came in like 6 and 2, so they weren't necessarily bad. Yeah, they were 6 and 2, and Arkansas was 6 and 1 at the start. And everything looked good, but again, you don't know what. It's hard to know early how good teams like San Jose State will be. Like, you, you don't know. And they've been more in the back of the Mountain West for years and years, from what I know. And but anyway, Arkansas won convincingly. Trayvon had a fantastic game. I think he only missed one shot. Um, 
Yeah, Nick, Nick scored his first points, right, of the year, um, which was a big deal. And Makai also had not fantastic game, but he was pretty effective in the little minutes that he got. Um, Ricky, of course. Ricky only missed one shot, too. Um, and from what I've seen in, the, in these minutes, looking at the minutes and the, the stats, I think Anthony's getting the most minutes each game, Brayden. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he played the whole game against Troy, then led in minutes again against San Jose State. I mean, young legs. Yep. And I think He's built for it. this was the first game that Devo came back from from his absence, right? I think Devo played in Maui, but then missed the uh, Troy, Troy game, game. and um, came back for this one. So I know people were really yeah. happy to see him. Not quite his best game. No points over twenty two minutes, but he did. He was out of I think basketball completely for like a week or so. Yep. Yep, it was really good to see him back. He didn't come in until later in the game, too. Yep. It was pretty late in the first half for Devo to come in for the first time. But, I mean, you had, what, four guys in double digits in this game? 23 from Brazil off the bench. You had 17 from Ricky, 16 from Nick, and 11 from Jalen Graham off the bench. Also, Nick spent 16 points, also five assists. Three out of five from deep. Yeah, I, and I don't think I don't I think the the defense was pretty effective too in forcing turnovers. Where San Jose State didn't shoot very well, um, right? They shot probably something in the thirty percentile, right? Oh, they, they were got, just at forty percent. Yeah, they overall. got forty and had eighteen turnovers. Yeah, which is so good I mean, amount. I mean, we've seen better. We forced more. Thirty. Yeah. <laughs> The game where we forced 30, but then we had 20 of our own. <laughs> yeah, North Dakota State season opener. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a convincing win. I think that... Yeah, you win 99-58. It's a 41-point victory. I mean, it's hard to find too many problems when you win by 40. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's two two wins versus Mountain West teams. And mm-hmm. I know... Into the game, Kate Arbogast had a three. Oh, that was where everybody went crazy, didn't they, Braden? Oh, yeah, the whole bench. That was flashbacks to Jonathan Holmes, Holmes. Yeah. Uh, hitting a three, uh, like 2017 versus Bucknell or whoever it was. Um, but that gave me flashbacks, too. But he hit a three. Everybody went crazy. The, he the tried two. Yeah. It'd, it'd yeah. Even crazy if he had two. <laughs> you, always, you always love those moments. Oh, yeah. Bench. And it's good for Cade now because I think he did uh, last year at some point. He got on a scholarship. I, I'd assume he's still on scholarship. I'd hope he is for his sake. I think they went back to walk on him and lost some blade. Did they? Yeah. I think that was just for the rest of that last year. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, this team is going to be tough. Yeah, right. You have so many. With, yeah. With Barry, Darian Ford, Joseph Pinion. Mikel Mitchell. I mean, the whole team. Yeah. It, the whole team is tough. There's a good bench. So, but that was convincing. That was a very convincing win. Um, like I said, Trayvon was fantastic. Um, yeah, his only miss was a three. Eight and nine overall, one to two from three. Yep. Only five rebounds. But I guess we didn't need it. Nope. 
And then, I mean, when you're making most of your shots, it's hard to get rebounds, I guess. Yeah, no. Then, yeah, Ricky <laughs> was five, only five of six shooting. 17 points only on six shots. We did pretty good well from the three-pointer. I know we said Cade made one, but Nick made three. Anthony made one. And, yeah, we said... 61.5% from three. Pinion, 13. I think Pinion made one as well, which might have yeah, been his Pinion first points of the year. Mm-hmm. No. What it might have been. Maybe he got a free throw in one of those early games, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, he did have a free throw at one point at the very end. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, that'd be his first made shot. Maybe versus Fordham, I think he had a. It five points, two or three suit shooting. So I think those were his first made shots. Oh, it says he made a field goal versus Fordham. Oh, okay. But first three pointer. I think this was his first three pointer. Yeah, and his limited chance. He got five minutes. Mm-hmm. Ford got seven. Dunning Jr. only got four. So, I mean, the four stars are still trying to find their time, having to make it work where they can. Yep. But this is the game where Darian Ford ran out there at the last second and made that layup after Must said hold the ball. Was that this game? I, I think, think so. I think that was the game where Darian kept going <laughs> at the end. Okay. He only got seven minutes. He wanted to get to 100, but we didn't quite make it. Yeah. Darian's fast. Like I said, he just got to get better. He's a good ball handler, but he's just like, sometimes he goes so fast that the defense can collapse on him and steal the ball. Um, got to keep uh, that eyes up. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, he's a freshman, doesn't get that many minutes. I don't know if I'm really for trying to get some points on the board. This was a good game, though, for first Saturday at Bud Walton. And uh, yeah. first game in December, that was a good start. Yep. Made it through November. Almost unscathed. Your only loss is neutral court to number 10 in the country yep. without Nick Smith Jr. Right. So, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's hard to fault that loss. So, really unscathed through November, which is always nice to see. It is very good. It's good yeah, this, for this team, confidence-wise. I mean, this was really the game where you saw that, like, they could be a dominant force in the season coming. Because mm-hmm. before, there's a lot of tough games with in these non-conference games, and you squeak out a win against a ranked San Diego State. I mean, so, I mean, it really was the game that showed you this team really could just take over and be that force to re- be reckoned with. Right. But then back to the tough non-conference with UNC Greensboro. Maybe the grittiest of, well, that one was tough around because, well, we can talk about that at the end, but we had a very significant injury that is going to affect play for the rest of the year, um, or this team, how this team looks the rest of the year. But this was a scary game, Braden. This was just... Like I said, it was just a fight. Yeah, they had some good players, but coming in at four and five, and non as a non-power five team, it's not someone you should be having this gritty of a game with. This Greensboro did really well in limiting, like I talked about earlier, with those pockets with Ricky Council. They did not let him have many pockets at all because he he was very limited in his scoring. 
I think most of his scoring actually came from the free throw line. Yeah, he only made one shot in the game, one of seven shooting. They, yeah, he just couldn't drive. I think they they played a effective. I don't know. I think it was some sort of zone, um, but it was really effective in, in limiting Ricky. And so Nick had to go off to kind of account for the scoring, and that. So that was the game, Braden, where you and I just saw intensity on Nick's face. Like, he was getting so into it. He was just cold, cold, like a hard, cold stare. Just looked down at, like, just getting mad and angry and just wanting it so much. Yeah. I think this is the first time we got to see the real Nick Smith come out. Yeah. Even though he didn't, like, wasn't, didn't take over the game, absolutely. But we saw the potential there. Yeah. Led the team with 22 points. Four boards, three assists. I mean, not the best shooting game. Six of 14, one of five from three. But, I mean, he was definitely running the offense, led the team in scoring. I mean, when they needed it, really. Yeah. Only pulled out a seven-point win. And it I was mean, it was close. And like, like you said, when your number one scorer at the time is really struggling in this game, you really need that guy to step up. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't an unexpected guy to step up, but Nick Smith stepped up. It was, looking back, it was a tie game with four minutes left, and then Arkansas kind of started their run. Um, Devo had two free throws, four minutes, and Anthony made a good three, I remember. Ricky had such a good assist there, and you, I could just feel that it was going in. But then Greensboro made a three right after, and then it just kind of kept going. The game kind of just kept... UNC Greensboro kept making threes, Brayden. The game should have been iced, and they kept making threes, and it was like they'd call timeout and just extended the game, and it was a little pretty frustrating, but in the end, they we did enough. Uh, I think we made our free throws on the stretch. Looking, Ricky made his two, Devo made his two, Nick made... Oh, Nick had an and one. Oh, that's right. He had the, the finger roll layup, Braden, if you remember mm-hmm. it, and then had the and one. That was a big moment, too. That, that was kind of the, the you know, the knife in the chest. But um, I know, like I said, they made a few threes after, but we really had it at that point, luckily. Another good game from Makaya, 13 points, 14 rebounds on four or five shooting. Yep. It was a good game for Makai. And, like, this is a game, 65 points, that might be our lowest season total to date, maybe? Yeah, and then looking at the bench, Devo had a, yeah. a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Yeah, Devo, that was, he had a good game. And he missed a lot of his shots, like the threes, but I think assist-wise, yeah. he was pretty good. So, he anyway. was, Yeah, 3-13 shooting, so not as bad shooting game, but still, he was active on the boards. Three of thir- or ten rebounds to go with his ten points. Yeah, and I don't usually think of Devo as a rebounder, but I mean he's tall enough to be. I mean he's a, he's active enough. He's high energy guys, six four with a long wingspan. Right. I mean not too much from the bench. I mean the only come on he had one point. That's the only other scoring you saw off the bench. We had 11 points off the pinch, and 10 of those were Devo. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, when you have a game this close, it really did come down to the starters. Jordan Walsh only ended up playing eight minutes in the game. This was a game where you and I questioned what is Jordan Walsh's role going to be on the team because um, we 
really didn't know at that time. It, it, you could tell he had been frustrated, right? He wasn't getting probably the amount of time he wanted. Um, he wasn't probably having the success he wanted on the court either. Right. Yeah. I mean, we'll get back to him in the later games, but, yeah, I mean, he, I wouldn't say he was looking bad. He was just not really fitting into the game plan at really early, this part of the season. And I know there's games, like, where must. It, it's weird sometimes how the lineups look. Because he does, he does yeah. do a lot of matchup-wise. Yep, yep. Like, I remember last year, like, I think there was games where Stanley Amude didn't get as much play time. We know Stan was one of the best scorers on that team last year. And uh, th- th- this has happened with other players before, too. Um, um, but those glue guys like Anthony Black, Audis Tony, I think consistently they'll always get minutes right there's maybe one or two guys you know are yeah. always Ricky that the guys that bring get... something special like specific yeah. to them like Adi's had his lockdown defense always guarding the best player Yep. and then Anthony has his passing playmaking and the commentators were saying this the other day everyone loves playing with Anthony Black because he can find you the he can find you and get you the ball wherever you are exactly and then we should probably go into the Trevor Trevor Brazil injury. Which yeah, late in the game, I think it was when it was starting to look good. I think it was like the last minute of the game, which the last minute. Oh, I thought it was in the first half. Was it not? Maybe it was. He only played nine minutes, so it might have been first half. But either way, yeah, coming down with the rebound, just awkward landing, buckled the knee. Tore the ACL out and, for this season. And initially, I think you and I were, were like, hold our breath, but then he walks up and he's okay. And then he, I think he was that, back on the yeah. bench not that much later. And then was it the night or the morning after we saw the news that he was, I think it was the morning after it said he's tore his ACL, he's going to be out for mm-hmm. the year. And it was just like, oh no. Yeah. Most athletic player on our team, no. <laughs> yeah, we could tell that he was in pain at the time, but he got up. And walked to walk, walked off on under his own power. It was like, okay, maybe it won't be that bad. Maybe it'll just be a sprain or something that he can recover from and before too long. But nope. Next morning, news comes out. It's it's a tough blow, but we've talked about it all season long that how deep this team is. So it's not a like season derailing, season ending injury. I mean, it could be if you're not deep. But this team, thankfully, is very deep. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm sad because, like I said, he's the most athletic player. It takes away probably boards from this team, even though we still got size. But it, you know, Trayvon, with his his arm span, like, it's just so good at getting a rebound. Yeah, it's gonna be less highlight real dunks. At least he got the one poster, one one of the best posters we've probably ever seen since Michael Qualls days. So. Um, yeah, I mean, according to the commentator, as the best dunk of the year in college or professional. <laughs> oh, the game versus uh, South, Dakota, South State. Dakota State, and that dude got burnt again in it recently, and it was like somebody was saying, "Poor South Dakota State dude." But and then Trayvon's, I think it limits the three pointers, Braden, with this team. Trayvon well, was good for a little bit. Now that Nick's back, because he didn't get to play with Nick, but those. 
what, two games, three games? We know that Trayvon's the reason that that Creighton game, we had a chance at the end. Though. He made those yeah. two huge threes. and that, yeah, It is a big yeah. piece of the offense you're missing. He, is, he was the sixth man coming off the bench, even though he's probably the best big on the team. Yep. Well, I think he was we, – we had talked about, you know, with Jordan Wall struggling his role. Trevon, when he got going, he got going. But there were games where he couldn't find it. And, like, he tried to be like Makai Mitchell and spinning and doing all that, and it wasn't working. He would trap or, or accidentally take a uh, – get called for a charge. So he wasn't as effective, I think, down low as Makai is, right? But he defensively, three-pointers. And I think when he – he could be an inside presence, like again for the game versus Creighton, but it wasn't always the case. Yeah, he was for as athletic as he was. He was kind of a stretch four because he could shoot the three, and he could drive. Because I mean, again, he's so athletic and he has good ball handling skills, so he could drive. He needed a little work on finishing, but <laughs> when he's not dunking, but I mean, he yeah, he's quick. He can drive past most big men. Get to the rim, mm-hmm. and then if you give him enough space, he's dunking on you. Yeah, yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely gonna. The games, I mean, they're still gonna be fun, but maybe a little less fun now that Trevon's not gonna be playing. And we know that this gives guys like Jalen Graham, Mikel Mitchell, probably Makai Mitchell more time too. Barry Dunning, it opens the way, but I think. Jordan Walsh and uh, Jalen Graham are probably going to benefit from that, even though it's harsh word to say benefit from an injury. But they're at least their minutes are going to get better, and we'll talk about that because clearly, it, it good things aren't supposed to happen from an injury. But I'd say Jordan Walsh has look. We'll we'll go into it, but he's been completely different since that injury. I was gonna say that we all knew someone was gonna have to step up, fill that void that Trevon Brazil was going to leave behind, and that guy so far has been Jordan Walls. Right. I mean, it opened up, I think, more, um, not time because he was already playing, but it opened up some room for him to get more play because just more possession, more ball time for him. I mean, just opened up the playbook for him a little more, opened up a role, more of a role for him. And I think... I mean, he's taken that and run with it so far. I mean, next game after, we go to Tulsa for a neutral side game with Oklahoma. One that you lost last year, but badly. Like, this, we started off, what, down 13-0 and something. It was something like that. And then they brought it back, and then Oklahoma stretches it, and you, they won, beat us by 20 or something last year. So. I think it was Oklahoma won by 20 last year, and it was really the first bad loss I think of the year it was maybe the worst like the game the one game that we were not in right maybe the one game well yeah. no there were games last year because like the Miss State game on the road at Miss State there was a few games we weren't in but that was one of them one of the few that there was no chance it was yeah last year was a rough game to watch against Oklahoma and Tulsa this, this year though we were the home team yeah but it was much much better game. It was pretty close for the most part. But, I mean, with how close it was, it always felt like Arkansas was playing better, to me at least. Oklahoma stayed in it 
the first half and was leading for most of the first half because they just kept making tough shots. I feel like... Especially Sherfield. Yeah. Sherfield went off, and then I think we finally switched. I think you said that we either put Devo or... We had a lot of guys yeah. on him. We tried to put a lot of guys on him. We shut him out, though, in the second half pretty much. Um, yeah, he did have that one three at the very end that kind of extended it a little bit. They had to... For... They fouled a couple more times because of his shot. Yeah, right. But for the, yeah, the most part, he was really was leading them in that first half. Really kept them in front. Ended up with twenty three. I think halfway through the first half, Oklahoma was shooting seventy something percent, and it's I like was 77 like seventy seven percent, and it was like, there, there's no way that this can continue. Like you can't. No team's yeah. going to shoot like that. That was one reason I wasn't worried. Because I knew they couldn't keep that up. 77% is insane. And if you look at it, they actually finished shooting 57%. So, like, by their standards, that's probably what you want to finish. I mean, it is. We shot a little bit better than that. But they're, I mean, they yeah. had to shoot not great from the first, in the second half for bringing down 20%. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, I wasn't too worried at the time because I knew they weren't going to keep up a 77% clip. And I felt like Arkansas was playing better in every other aspect besides shooting the ball. The pat yeah, the passing in this game was incredible. The defense turned forced a lot of turn turnovers. Oh yeah. So Jordan Walsh's hands were very active in this game. I do remember him getting um or at least leading to steals. Um I don't know if he actually got any steals, but he and the team ended up Oh with he had one steal. Ten steals. Everyone that played ended up with a steal, so That's awesome. Walsh and Black had two each. Kamani with the steal. I love it. Kamani so, actually got some minutes spread in this game. I mean, he got 16. It's the first game without Brazil. You know, you have to find who's going to take yep. those big man minutes. Yep, that's true. I mean, it probably is better to go with the guy that's more experienced in the system, at least for the first couple games, which would be Kamani. Over Jalen Graham. Especially when Kamani had that really good game against San Diego State, which wasn't that long before this. Ricky played. This is a game where Ricky had more minutes than Anthony. Uh, switched. Ricky played the whole game, the whole 40 minutes. He was hot in this game. His backwards dunk, Raiden, whoo. Mm-hmm. I think most of it came in the sec- second half or yeah. end of the first half maybe. Because I remember, I think it was end of the first half, we went on a run. Because to took, take the lead right before half, and I'm pretty sure Ricky sparked that run and really kind of started taking over at the end of the half. Yep, yep. I know Nick had a good game too. I, he probably not happy with his three-point percentage, but he, he still made one, and he made some tough finishes around the rim, I remember as well. Um, we know Nick is like, he likes to take those kind of uh, he likes to kind of jump stop and take some floaters, Braden. That's what I've, I've seen a lot of his game is. He'll take tough shots, but he makes a lot of them. So. Yeah. Looking at the end of the half right now, last seven minutes, Ricky had ten points, had eight in a row for Arkansas at one point. So, yeah, he really did uh, lead the team into the half on keeping him into the game, keeping him in the game and taking – yeah, they took the oh on his and one. He had Ricky had an and one that gave us our first lead, I think. 
or not our first one, but the first lead in a while with a minute 43. Yeah, put them up by one. Oh, and yeah, do you remember that fa- at the end, Oklahoma was going to have the last shot and Devo hardcore stole it and then the dude intentionally fouled Devo? Yeah. And that was a big play. Devo just. Devo is such a good, underrated defender, Braden. Underrated. Hey, he's not underrated in his mind. In his mind, he's the best in the country. That's true. You're right. He, he knows it, but I guess a lot of people don't talk about it. Yeah, but at the two-and-a-half-minute mark, Oklahoma goes up five, and then Ricky scores eight in a row. It puts him up. Uh, okay, these numbers don't make sense. But, yeah, they go... Oklahoma goes up five with two and a half minutes, and then that's really when the rookie takeover starts. It's a three, comes down, and gets the end one, puts Arkansas up by one, takes away that five-point deficit all by himself. Yep, yep. That, um, the, again, when this team's been struggling, Ricky's been able to be that guy that's kind of helped us get through that the scoring drought or just find offense he, 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 if he finds it. So... Yeah, he's he's been a spark really to the offense for a lot of the time. Right, right. He's been fantastic. Uh, I did not. Again, we've talked about it. I didn't expect Ricky to be this good. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he was sixth man on a group of five basketball team before coming to Arkansas. Now he's a twenty point a game scorer. And then I'd say he's in the running for NC, or SEC Player of the Year so far. Absolutely. I think he actually leads the SEC in points. I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's averaging 22 a game. Or at least he was not that long ago. He's up to at 22 a game. I'm not sure what he's up to now, but... Look at the end of the game, yeah. I mean, Arkansas kind of just took over the second half. They were leading... By double digits most of the second half. So, yeah, really that, I mean, that run that Ricky, like, spearheaded at the end of the half really, I mean, gave Arkansas the momentum, took it into half, and controlled most of the second half. We saw some breakaway dunks, too, if I remember. Like, Nick Smith, I think, had his first dunk, uh, just, I think, a one-handed throwdown. And Jordan Walsh had a a two-handed throwdown. But Jordan, which is like... There was emotion on his face when he when he dunked it. I don't remember what point it was. I want to say it was the second half, but um, Jordan just the emotion on his face actually looked. It finally felt like okay, I know my role. I know my way on this team. It's gonna be okay from here on out. Like he felt like he was supposed to be do that then and there. Like he belonged, and he does. He's a five star, and um, this. I know you, I, I asked you after the game, like, do you think Jordan Walsh was the player of the game? I know stat sheet, it doesn't show up, and I think you said Ricky is, and I, looking back, I think Ricky was, but I think Jordan, from a defensive perspective, hard work perspective, um, just grittiness, toughness, coming out party for him, in my opinion. I thought that was his best game of the season. Yeah, I played pretty much an all-around game, 12 points, three boards, two steals. Five of nine shooting, knocked down two threes. Yeah. So it was a good game, and he was all over the place, even if he was only number, I think, three in scoring. Yeah, 26 from Ricky, 21 from Nick. 
So he's third in scoring, but he was all over the place and played a good all-around game. And definitely looked much more like he fit into the system in this game. Right. He's feeling like like we said, someone had to step up and he's he's filling that void that Trevon's leaving behind a little bit. I mean it's different players, but I mean hey, talent is talent we have big men that can play. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I'm I that that game just made me really happy for Jordan Walsh. Like I said, I could see the frustration in the previous games. And yeah, we need him to step up, man. We need him and Kamani, Jalen Graham to step up. And I think we've seen all three of them step up now at some point this season. So, and then Anthony didn't miss a shot. He only took four, but he made all four. Mm-hmm. He had assists. some turnovers, I know, in this game. I don't remember how many he had. He had with five assists, four rebounds. He did have five turnovers in a we, block. We've said that, though. He's going to have maybe he's going to have yeah. assists though for I mean, point guards yeah. usually lead the team in turnovers cuz they're the ones usually distributing the ball the most mm-hmm. but i mean yeah he still got time to figure it out like we said before he's the youngest guy on the team i'm pretty sure I mean, the curious thing about anthony is Braden, i wonder if he wants to be more of a scorer if he likes being the team player likes being that point guard really cuz you and i know he's got more game we saw versus Creighton. He has more game. He can take over a game, but mm-hmm. we haven't seen him do it since the Creighton game, right? We haven't seen him actively trying to score all the time, right? Yeah, he's definitely a pass-first guy, which, I mean, it's great for your teammates. Yeah. But, yeah. We know he's capable, when, yeah. Sometimes when the offense is struggling, it's like, come on, hands, you can make that. Take a mm-hmm. shot. He gives up a but, lot of shots. Yeah, he'll drive in the lane and then do a wrap pass to the corner to the wing and set up somebody for three. But um, yeah, he's got good court vision. So I mean, they it's best to let them be themselves. So as long as it's working, let him play how he wants to play. Right. And then we come to these big game. last two games. What we should say: big win first of all versus a quality opponent, right? Not necessarily a fantastic opponent versus Oklahoma, but that's a big win considering what happened last year. Yeah, it is. I mean, and I mean, that's well. Creighton and San Diego State were good tests, but when you're going into your, I think that's only technically their second. Power five opponent Louisville doesn't really match up, right? So that's only the, really your first big test playing a power five team this year. Yep. Creighton and San Diego State are a group of five, and you're not on your even home. They're good teams, and you're not on your home court, which again mm-hmm. is a, this is now such good experience, Brayden. Also, Nick yeah. didn't play those games with San Diego State and Creighton. Exactly, those two tests. So, I mean, it sucks that Trevon didn't get to play in this game, but this was the first time we saw the team, the full, like, well. Fully without him, yeah. Well, we played with Trevon without Nick and Mal, and now we're playing with Nick without Trevon and against Oklahoma. But Yes. From what, but from what we have going forward, because we knew Nick was coming back at Maui, from what we know we have going forward, this is the first time we've really got to see the full team play a, a big opponent, a Power 5 opponent. Right. And it does stink that Trevon didn't make it to this game. Feel for him. I do. But we gotta can't yeah. stop the season for one injury. Yep. 
Show must go on, as they say. <laughs> and then we take it to another neutral site game with Bradley. And thank goodness. Is Little Rock and Little Rock? I mean, it wasn't like the game of Little Rock last year. No, 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 Bay Bay Revenge. Game. <laughs> <laughs> and Bradley, I think, came in. They were pretty, pretty decent team. Um, I was actually talking to a few of my friends this week about. They asked who was going to have the revenge game this year, and they, they were looking around at who left the team last year. They're saying, so you got KK and Ethan both down in A and M. Oh, that's a good point. Well, AM's kind of stunk it up lately. They were ranked, and now they're like 6-5. and five, So Rivalry games, though the record book is out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Basketball's a little different than football, though, right? Yeah, a little bit. Play, yeah. Well, we're, we're just saying, where, where's the revenge game coming from? There's one every year. That's true. Luckily, it wasn't Bradley. Well, Bradley didn't have a player that we had in the past. Um, yeah, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Neutral um, site. Untelevised game. <laughs> yeah, neutral side wasn't fun last year. Looking Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then Little Rocky and Sofstra. And this year we go two and zero in the neutral game. Yeah, sites. I played them in back to back games, back to back weeks. Nick gets to play at home, which I know meant a lot to him. Um, he didn't. Yeah. Shoot very well, from but the, pl- finished his career up at North Little Rock. Played from the Little Rock area. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't his best game and then he did come down with an injury but you still end up with a I mean they controlled the whole game they were up by 20 for since like five minutes in or well 10 minutes in maybe so they controlled the whole game ended up with a 19 point win so it was never really in doubt yeah yep I think the the moment that I saw because again I couldn't but it wasn't televised, but from what was posted on social media, there's a really good moment where Jordan Jordan Walsh had two dunks back to back in the first half. Um, one just he was ahead of everybody on the court, got past, and the second one, Devo had a steal and alley oop to him, and it was hype, just a hype moment. Um, and uh, so I think Jordan had another real, or Jordan didn't miss, right? Jordan Walsh was seven for seven shooting, yeah. eighteen points. Six for six with 15 at halftime. Yeah, that's really good numbers. And I think two of those, maybe there was a third, where two of those were dunks. Um, so obviously that dunks are high, high, high percentage of shots. Um, Makai got into some foul trouble. Him and Walsh both ended up fouling out. Because Walsh got two technicals for the, the Jalen Graham had a poster dunk on the Bradley dude. And then uh, I guess... Jordan Walsh made the, you know, tap the head motion, kept making that motion, and he got called for a technical for it. And then later yeah. in the game, I think he accidentally hit somebody with his elbow and got called. So he, he had two technical or right, I think one's called a flagrant foul, the elbow, and so we'll just say two technicals. I don't know exactly. I think flagrant two counts as a technical. Yeah. Or counts toward technicals. But, I mean, still had a good... Scoring group from your starting lineup: fifteen from Anthony, sixteen from Ricky, and eighteen from Walsh. That's a, I mean, that's a good balanced lineup. You had three guys going up for fifteen plus. Yep. No, exactly. And you got to play your whole bench. Devo had a lot of minutes too in this game, didn't he? Thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. He made a three as well. Yeah, seven point seven boards. Hit one from deep. 
team was only four out of eleven overall, but I mean they didn't need him. They controlled the whole game. Let ev- everyone got to come in for at least a little bit. Which is good because you want games in Little Rock. People have been questioning for years. Arkansas lost several times in Little Rock. They shouldn't be playing the game in there anymore. We're the only team in the SEC that does this. But I think guys like Nick Smith, people that aren't from the central part of the state, people here that are selfish, just wanting televised game, wanting they don't see how important it is to have a game there. I, I see it. I saw it last year going. I mean, and, as yeah. somebody that's from the... Yeah, you're from you're more, from there. You know, more southern part of the state. It is always very a lot more convenient to come to Little Rock than Fayetteville, and I mean before coming to school here, only being at Little Rock games. Right, because from your part, it's like three hours, right? Three and a half yeah. hours to three and a half if you count in any stop. Yep. So, so three fifteen, you go straight through. Little Rock's like forty five minutes. Hour if there's some traffic, hour and a half of the bad traffic. <laughs> it's still better than Fayetteville, much better. Yeah, a lot more convenient. And it, and it showed because it was a full house. It was completely sold out, full house. Um, and the team showed up and they played well. And it's still a good arena. Simmons it is a good, is still arena. a good arena. I agree. I think it honestly Simmons when we went to the, um, what BOK in Tulsa. Remind me a little bit of... Um, yeah, I mean, BOK's got a much bigger name, but it wasn't really that much more impressive. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the entrance when you walk in, it was, like, pretty trashy. Yep. It was just, like, damn concrete, <laughs> the entrance part where you walk in and the stairwell. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have that at Simmons Bank. I think it's pretty nice all the way through. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like Simmons Bank when I went last year. I didn't like... Entering and exiting because there was like, there was big crowd. Like it took a while to actually leave, but that's gonna happen. Yeah, I think they only have like three exits, maybe. I think it's three on each side. So I think it's like six total. Okay. Something maybe. It's. I, I remember just going sides. down a like a, a ramps like downward mm-hmm. ramps, and it was just you would have to wait for the people in front of you. Yeah, because the arena's on a hill, so one side's flat, the other side you oh, have to have the ramps. Oh, that's what it was. Yep. Yep. You're right. Well, maybe there is only... Maybe all the entrances are on that one side. But, anyway, success. 76-57 win. Arkansas goes to 10-1. and one. They win in Little Rock. Show up for the fans. Um, again, another game without Trayvon. Um, and you got to put in your, your bench guys, too, which is yeah. really good news. Well... Trayvon being the 15th guy can't play. He had all 14 guys that can't play got in. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like we said, Nick gets hurt in the game. I don't think it's anything too serious, but he's being held out for the foreseeable future from now on, for now, for knee management. It's just a shame because I... Again, after the uh, Greensboro game, that was like, that's the Nick Smith. I was like, oh, man, watch out. If he's going to compete like that, the intensity he plays with, mm-hmm. watch out. And uh, hope he can get healthy this upcoming week and then a few weeks after, however long this injury takes him out. You and I have no idea the timeline. There's no timeline. Must has been very, very, um, what's the word? He hasn't been, when he's asked by the media in the interview, he's kind of been dismissive of it. He doesn't want to talk about it. So. Yeah. 
it does. I mean, you don't want to give the other teams a little upper hand, being able to prepare exactly for what you're going to give them. Right. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I think even maybe he just doesn't even know exactly what's going on or how long or what the entire situation might be. Well, there's just it's it's sad because there's rumors on Twitter and everywhere that Nick was is being told by his agent to just you know take his NIL money that he's you know the amount of NIL money and then he can carry that with him to the NBA and he doesn't have to play another game this year. But I'm like, I really don't think Nick is that selfish to do that, even if he's slightly hurt. Like he, unless it was a season-ending injury, there would be no reason to do something like that. He's too much of an Arkansas boy to do that. I think he loves playing basketball too much to do that. Yeah. That's one thing that NIL has kind of taken away from the college game. It was great because it was all about playing the game. And now you put money into that. Now it's we don't have kind it. of becoming more about money. Before when it was really just about playing the game or like having your shot at money. Had to put everything on the line to get the money. Now you're getting the money and you don't have to put everything on the line anymore right because we don't get Anthony Black without paying a big amount of money this year that's I'm sure there's a big NIL deal um, we don't know behind the scenes how much then he signed NIL with Tyson in the fall I think he did but the big reason Anthony came here right was Nick Smith recruited them and Jordan right they they influenced him t- to come yeah. here so like he was gonna go to Gonzaga and he was here for a lot of our big wins last year him and Jordan they, they came to a bunch Nick of and games Jordan, together. Right? Or was it Nick? I thought Nick. All, and, all three of them were at a bunch of games, but I saw yeah. Anthony and Jordan a few together. And, That's and true. Then Nick and then Nick and Jordan were at a couple games. Yep. And Jordan was here a lot, especially for a guy that's not from Arkansas. I remember Jordan was here. He'd wear his head. He'd have his hood up. Yeah. And started to miss Anthony with that hair. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and when you have like one of the top guys in the country being from your state, everyone knew who Nick Smith was. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, those those two were getting standing ovations as high school seniors in Bud Walton, and it was good to see them being at so many games. Not even two of them, not even being from Arkansas. Yeah, I think there was that one game where we had like uh, what was it? Justin Smith, Daniel Gafford, Isaiah Joe, yeah, Mason Jones, or I don't know if Mason Jones was there was. Uh, Mason was at one game, but I don't think it was that game. Yeah. Him and Khalil Garland came back for one game. Yeah. Well, that game where all the start Bobby, Bobby Portis, mm-hmm. too. Bobby brought the uh, NBA trophy. Yeah, where he was there, and then Jordan, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was the all-star break, so we had all the NBA of... guys didn't have to, you know, be with their teams. Mm-hmm. And so we also saw, I think, Jordan and Nick there. Or two of them were there, yeah, I think. I think Jordan and Anthony were there. So there was a lot of big names. That might have been the Tennessee game. That was the Tennessee game last year at home, the red out. Yeah, I mean... I haven't seen that in my time here where you have your top recruits coming to like that many games. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I I feel like usually it's you have one or two games maybe, like especially if they're in-state guys, maybe two or three, but usually you're out-of-state guys, so you can see them like once at a game during their senior year. It was, yeah, that, that that's talk. That I mean, that shows you're building a program. With few, that shows they want to be here. Right. They want to be here. They're excited to be here. So then we just have one more game, right? Yep. To close out the non-conference. Well, not entirely, but to close up the close up the, the entire non-conference schedule or before like, the SEC yeah. starts. Say that last game before SEC play. 
as we saw by Baylor in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, which is non-con technically. Mm-hmm. And this was a game that was never close, Braden. Um, and Nick Smith, like we talked about, alluded to that injury. And Bradley, he didn't play. Um, so he didn't play at all in, in this game. And we got reportedly as out indefinitely, um, which, again, we just don't know the timeline for that. Um, so hopefully he's back soon. But we honestly didn't need him. I mean, we would have loved to have him, but the team did well without him. Um, yeah, especially Makai Mitchell. A lot of balanced scoring in this game. Makai, okay, he only had nine points, but he was really effective with the with the scoring that he had. Makai had some terrific spin moves. He just he creates space from his moves, and he's he's making that um, shot off the, the the backboard consistently. Um, so I know sometimes it's not looking like he has twenty points or whatever, but you look at the nine points or eleven or twelve he has in other games. Makai's not one for five. He's usually missing only a few shots. He's effective in the time he comes in. And that's what I saw last time, being at the game. He was really good when he was in. Yeah, then uh, we have so much talent around him. He, his job isn't to create offense. He's just kind of just neat, takes it where he can get it. Yep. Doesn't have to take that many tough shots because we have so many guys that can create their own shot. The team is really good with Makai, too, about not ignoring. I think you and I have watched basketball enough to where we've seen bigs be ignored or not passed to from the inside when they're just demanding the ball. They give it a lot to Makai. And then some Makai will dish it out sometimes, too. It's not just Makai expected to make a move and go to the basket every time. But he's yeah. getting I mean, looking at these, touches he's only taking five shots a game, and usually yeah. getting three or four of them. Yep. And this getting, game is four for five. He's consistently getting touches, which is good. You need, you can't just have be dribbling at the three point line the through the entire thirty second shot clock, right, Braden? You need inside presence, right? Right. To create better offense. Yeah, I mean, you can't let them just guard one thing. You gotta have a well balanced team. Spread out the defense. Yep. And Jordan had some foul trouble. Four fouls. Only played nineteen minutes. Yeah, Jordan wasn't quite as effective as I hoped he'd be in the last few games. But like I said, it was okay because um, Kamani and um, we're just able to step in and Jalen Graham had good games and just really, really happy for them. And like I said, with a lot of balanced scoring, your leading scorer is Jalen Graham with 16 off the bench. Just 8 of 10 shooting. But, I mean, looking at the starting lineup, you had 12, 10, 9, 9, and 4. So, I mean, not really a huge game from anyone, but everyone had a pretty good game. Right. Yeah, no, it wasn't a dominant performance, I don't think, by anybody. And then off the bench, like I said, you had 16 from Graham, 10 from Pinion. Pinion ended up with 19 minutes and knocked down two threes. Yeah, that was good for Pinion. He, and he, his, I think two misses that were threes went in and out. So he's such a good shooter, Brayden. He's definitely... I'm just curious about him. We know the depth of this team, but I still think there's room for Pinion to get minutes each game. Like, if you're only going to make four three-pointers a game, you know, statistics will tell you you need to make more to win more games. I will be curious, must knowing analytics, if he decides to give Pinion minutes. Clearly, Pinion's the best shooter on that team, right? Yeah. Best three-point shooter. Probably. Yeah, best spot up. Nick is going to definitely be in that running. Yeah, that's true. 
Where like we, best yeah. probably catch and shoot spot up shooter, in my opinion. Yeah. But I mean, again, we had that was kind of what Jackson Robinson was supposed to be last year, and he ended up not playing very much. So it's hard to tell. That is true. Jackson got almost no time, right? Yeah, especially later in the year. There was a couple times where he really needed a three, and they put him in there. But yeah, I mean, good game all around. No, fan super fantastic games. You also, like I said, sixteen from Grandma, ten from Pinion off the bench. You also had seven from Kamani, and six from Mikel. Then you got both the year walk on boys got in again. They've gotten in a few, a good amount of games so far this year. Much more than probably what we saw last year. Yeah, I mean, that's that's good. That means we're winning and having comfortable leads late in games. We're having fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Darian got more, um, got some time. I know they actually put him in, I think, in the first half for, I think he had a turnover if they took him away. But those nine minutes didn't all come in the second half. He was put in the first half. So, um, Darian, I think you and I know he's good at, Guarding, and he had a really good off season, right? He told me that he was consistently lifting and um, just, just really trying, giving an effort. And uh, I don't know what the spot Darian is on this team, what his place is, but he's he's got a future. He's so fast. He's got good ball handles. He's just maybe got to get a little bit better passing. But he, I think he's gonna be maybe future point guard, right? Did you see it? Yeah, I think that's what his main position is: is point guard. But he was at, as far as rankings wise, he was the top of the three four stars by a, a considerable amount too. Mm-hmm. And I still I don't I haven't seen much enough of Barry Dunning's game to know what his role is or yeah, what no, kind of score. He ranking is. wise, him and Pinion were on some of them they were literally right next to each other. But I think on every rankings I saw they were pretty close mm-hmm. as far as rankings wise. I mean, they're still, all three of them are four-stars, so they're still all three really talented. This team is just so deep and so talented, it's hard to find the minutes. Yep. Yep. Which which is weird, Braden, because I'm like, there's a sense of relief when I think back to the 2019-2020 season, right? The, the one that went into the COVID year, where we were so limited... We had, what, Mason Jones, Isaiah Joe, Desi Sills, Jalen Harris, Reggie Chaney, uh, Javante Silla. You had, like, seven guys, and you and I knew who were going to be starters. Or, like, we knew there was not depth, so you knew who was going to be playing. There was was almost, like, I can't describe it, like, relief when you know who's going to be playing each game. And then with these past few years with Musselman, you don't necessarily know. It's not you have so much more depth. Last year, maybe there wasn't quite as much there was not nearly as much depth as there was this year. But that twenty nineteen to twenty twenty season comes to my mind and how limited we were. Adriel Bailey too, right? Silla yeah. hardly got any playing time. Well, you had Mason Jones, Jimmy Witt, Isaiah Jimmy Joe, Witt, yeah. Desi Sills, Adriel Bailey was their starting five. Then yeah, you had Jalen Harris, Reggie Chaney, Ethan Henderson off the bench. And then yeah, still uh, Jamario Bell, the football player. <laughs> Emeka Abukulu, 
and Ty Stevens. It was it's those just, were your guys that didn't really play very much. But like back then, Brayden, you and I knew who like the great players were and should be getting a time. This year, because there's so much talent, I struggle in knowing who the best five players are because I've seen each one besides probably Barry Dunning um, and maybe Darian Ford. I still don't know what their ceilings are. And when Trayvon was in, it's you could say make a case for each guy having a good part of their game. Like you and I know Anthony Black, Ricky Council, Nick Smith obviously should be in there. Those three guys without a doubt, no, no doubt. But when it comes to those next two guys, I don't know. Devo, we know, defensively, is fantastic. Scoring-wise, he sometimes is great. Sometimes he's kind of timid with scoring. But that that's what I'm saying. It's not a frustration, but it's just like, I don't know what the minutes are going to look like this year. And I did that 2019-2020 year because that lineup was pretty just consistent. And you really only had your five main guys. It wasn't a very strong bench. I know that's what it's. Be, it's because we have such a strong bench that gives me this this doubt on what minutes are going to look like. I want to. It's like I want to be able to know now what the minutes will look like for the team throughout the year. But yeah, I mean, there was some yeah. question last year with all the transfers that came in. It was hard to tell how they were going to perform coming to, especially like with Stanley coming to like a much bigger that, conference coming from where's it going? South, South Dakota. Dakota yeah coming up from South Dakota to the SEC there's a lot of question marks around him yeah. and then he he played terrific he was fantastic he might have been the probably Audis Tony was the best edition he was probably the second best edition right he scored yeah, more he, than Audis Stanley Audis, was right? the best yeah, offensive edition yep and then Audis was locked down on defense but that's what I was saying is like this this is the most depth I've ever seen in an Arkansas team probably maybe since the Bobby Portis year and Rashad Madden and Cody Clark like that 2015 team um and it's just it's it's there's no knowing what the lineups gonna look or what the minutes are gonna look like and I I don't know there's there there's no issue in that in my opinion it's just it's like I just wish I could know um like you know, Braden, I think by the end of last year, we knew what, what the lineups were going to look like. Non-con, it's just Muss is trying to figure it out. He's probably creating all these different lineups, right, so he can have it analyzed to see, right? Don't, isn't there like a, a, a measure, Braden, that indicates that the scores the best? The best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure Muss is doing that, trying to do different combinations. And if you have what, nine guys on this team that are always going to get minutes? Yeah. I mean, how many different combinations can you do with nine guys? Probably a lot. I um, feel like the five is pretty set so far. You think They're so? pretty consistent with the, the starting lineup. I mean, when healthy. Because, I mean, when healthy, you have Nick Smith, Ricky Council, Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh, Makai Mitchell. I mean, when they've been healthy, those five have, I think, pretty much started most every game. Jordan came off the bench a couple times to start the year, but he's been, I think, pretty consistently in the starting lineup. I think, though, with Musk, though, is that he tends to take one of those starting five out pretty quick. Last year we saw him do it with Trey Wade, right? Trey Wade would consistently come out yeah. two or three minutes into the first half. I don't know what it, what it was about that, what, and, and what uh, 
statistics were telling us. And this time, this year, I felt like Jordan's been taken out early several times too. But maybe that yeah. was before his groove. I mean, now you have to get Trayvon in there. Yep. Yep. That's but true. now that Trayvon's injured, there's not really any reason. I mean, looking at the bench, I mean, if we get Nick Smith back before too long, we have those five in the lineup, and then. Our bench, looking at who's gotten really the most minutes, you have Devo. And then Kamani's been getting pretty decent minutes lately. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the seven, not without Trevon playing, that's really the seven that's been getting consistent minutes in close games. And then, but with Trevon hurt, you might have more Jalen Graham time, maybe a little more Mikhail Mitchell time, even though that really hasn't been the case. That was... Yeah, that was only in like he's really only gotten to play in the blowout games since the injury. I heard somebody say last night at the game that um, at, I think there had somebody on the staff on the team, so they were at the Thanksgiving dinner that the team had, and Makai said what he's thankful for this year was that he's getting more minutes than Mikel. <laughs> <laughs> I like to hear in that sense of humor, but Makai, uh, yeah, their brothers for yeah, real. Yep. Uh, speaking of yeah. Uh, we were talking about oh, who was it? Um, well, there. I was thinking. Oh, Kamani in this game versus UNC Asheville, which we won by thirty-four. Kamani, Braden, the same thing that we saw San Diego State just fighting for rebounds. Like he just is. Just, he know he he's really good at like Justin Smith of finding those rebounds, and when he doesn't, he doesn't give up on it. He. And he hasn't been fouling like he did last year. He's 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 trying to touch the ball without fouling and maybe sneak up on a few players and still manage to get the rebound. But he just there was a play last night where he missed a shot, got the rebound, passed it, and that person missed a shot, fought for the rebound, got it, and then made the shot. It was just like that. Those are the plays. Like yes, Kamani, that extra yeah. effort is what the team needs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've, I've said it the whole time. He's a high-energy guy. and he's, Or yesterday at the game, the commentators, what they were calling they were calling him a junkyard dog. <laughs> he's He gets in there, gets down and dirty in the midst of all the people fighting for the rebounds. Mm-hmm. And then there was that one play, he had two or three rebounds in about five seconds. Right. Ended up getting, or I think Jordan ended up with the bucket. Yeah. But he had two offensive boards that helped lead to the bucket. Yep, yeah, I just love seeing that. And then Jalen Graham last night was outstanding. Turnaround jumpers, turnaround hook shots. I'll say, um, he kind of makes things out of nothing, and that's his shot. Is that turnaround jump shot and jump hook, whatever you want to call it? Um, I think he's been the most surprising for at least from us, because I mean we've heard that like he wasn't performing super well in practice, but then I'd say he's performed pretty well every time he's gotten a shot in game mm-hmm. maybe that maybe he just needs the lights to be on to play he just needs the spot to, the spotlight to be on to play well we know he was first team pac 12 right first or second team pac 12 last year at arizona state so that and it, the pac 12 is not a bad conference i think he was uh, second team and hard to get first team on that team last year mm-hmm. yeah because arizona state wasn't very good last year Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I'm saying is the Pac-12 is not a bad conference at all. So we know he's a good player. 
that's what I'm saying, going back to when I was comparing it to 2019-2020, Jalen Graham is a mystery for me. Uh, Darian Ford, Barry Dunning, Devo's playtime is a mystery to me. There's just guys that I just don't know. Like, you and I know Council Black, and if Nick Smith is healthy, and Jordan Walsh will probably lead the team in minutes. Um, those four consistently will have the most. But who's the fifth? Makai, we've seen he's all not. He's probably averaging less than 20 minutes a game. Uh, Devo, some games he's had a lot of minutes. Um, probably right now it is Devo, right? And that fifth leading the team. Fifth and yeah. not leading the team, but the fifth most minutes on the team probably is Devo. Probably. Anyway, that's just a extra thought I had, but it, it'll be interesting to see, like, I hope Jalen Graham, Braden, isn't a Jackson Robinson that is forgotten about and not used. Well, I mean, he's already probably got more points this season than Jackson had last year. But we still knew Jackson, like, was getting more time in the non-con. And then SEC must has, like, seven guys and those other guys. Yeah. Like, Mikel's probably not going to have time this year. Probably I hate not. that. I, I hate that for him. He's not going to have minutes. No, yeah. As of now, it's looking like the only time he's going to get is if we need him for, like, foul trouble. I need a big in there. Makai's, yeah, Makai's going to get more. But then, sure. I mean, he still might be number four on big man death chart. Because mm-hmm. you have Makai, and then Kamani, and then Jalen, and then Mikel right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, but there's a lot of talent, so could stuff could get shuffled around. Someone could... Step up, break through. There's, there is a lot of talent that's not on the court that could find their way to the court. Right. It's exciting. Um, the this stretch Arkansas did one went five and zero. I think since finishing Maui, right, or six and zero. We had six games to cover, so they went six and zero since Maui, yeah. right? Right. Which is really good. They didn't. Their only non-conference loss was that to that Creighton team, and so then now. They're eleven and one, ranked tenth, which is subject to hopefully they're subject to move up with some losses ahead like of us. Another eleven and one team in LSU next. Yes, who unranked? Lo- yeah, unranked. A lot of their wins are versus quad four teams, so I'm not convinced how good LSU is. They lost so much last year. I'm like they lost their coach, lost the majority of their players. Like I don't even know any of their players that returned. Um, it's definitely not. Um, yeah, there were one loss, a two-point loss to Kansas State. But, yeah, I mean, even their wins aren't very convincing for the most part. But it's a road game, right? And we know road games tougher. Um, Especially in conference Arkansas games. has had a tendency the last few years to start slower in SEC play. So, yeah. Especially when you're not in bud. Let's hope that this is not one of those – Games, but it's next Wednesday versus eleven and one LSU. But yeah, as you said, we're both eleven and one. Um, the Wednesday after Christmas, so that will be a fun game. We'll have the bowl game at four and this basketball game at eight. So we'll be watching Arkansas sports throughout the afternoon and evening. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm ready for SEC play, Braden. I think fans are too. Non-con after a while gets a little boring. Um, you know, I think winning by 30 each game is awesome and still can be fun, but it's not as energizing. And, um, I'm, I'm not as into it as I am for the SEC games, right? 
Yeah, the SEC is really when the intensity picks up. The importance is like at an all-time high. We'll see what happens that game, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, I like where this team's at right now overall. Um, I wish I knew more about minutes and what they'll look like. and But I'm sure in a couple weeks I will have a better idea because we'll be well into SEC play by then. Um, but until then, yeah, I, I, I think um, it's a good start by this team for the year. Being in the top ten is never a bad thing, right, Braden? Never, no. Even though I keep seeing that we're projected at five or four, or actually I've seen projected five seed twice recently, which a tenth ranking, and you're still a five seed. Like, it's like what the heck? Yeah, I mean, for for readers, ten should be the second best three seed. Yeah, yep. And I think we both know this team has top team in the NCAA potential. Absolutely. If Arkansas can, excuse me, if they can win the SEC, I think they'll be right around that two to one seed. Um, I mean, yeah, your one loss being to a team that was ranked 10 at the time in non-conference, if you, well, Baylor's still yet to come. I mean, that Baylor game is going to be a top 10 matchup possibly, right? Possibly. Baylor's pretty good. Yeah, especially, I mean, the last couple of years they've been fantastic. I mean, they won the championship. They beat us to win a natty. But yeah, well, on their route to win the natty. Yeah, not to win it. Yeah, you're right, on route. But yeah, do you have any closing remarks about this team, Braden, where they're at right now? I, The future's bright for, I think, all of them. So, I mean, there's no telling where the season's going to end up. But I think it's going to end up pretty good. And I really think it's a championship or bust season. This is a championship team. I think you need to go all the way with it. Hopefully we get Nick back. Maybe by some miracle Trey will come back. I doubt it won't <laughs> happen, but I don't think I've ever seen that'd be a an Christmas ACL. Miracle. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen ACL recovery. Tim like Elko. That. <laughs> Who? Tim Elko. Oh yeah. But you actually he didn't have to run very hard. No. There was I did see one guy came back in five months. Really? Mm-hmm. But I don't think we have five months left in the season. No. It's three months left in the year. The latest game you could play is like April 4th, that natty game. April 5th, something like that. Yeah, come back for the national championship and drop 30. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'd be something. At least you got to play in Maui. Yeah. yeah. Sad that he won't get to be a part of this, or be on the court going forward. Still part of the team. But, yeah, it's disappointing he won't be able to be on the court for the rest of this year. Hopefully Nick Smith comes back. I mean, it would be really, really bad if Nick decided not to play anymore. But I don't think that's going to happen. That would be... We'd be fine still, but that would be very disappointing. Yeah, I think you go from a championship team probably back to maybe an Elite Eight ceiling, like kind of has been the last couple years. I mean, he's that X Factor. He's... Supposed to be the third He's pick. He's got to be that guy when because you and I know Ricky can't go off every game. He's the top one and done in college basketball. Yeah, because <laughs> other top picks before him projected are both in the on the G League one and done team. Mm-hmm. So he's the top one and done. Supposed to be the top one and done in college basketball this year. So he's that X factor that's supposed to you know 
be the difference maker that takes us to that championship level. So we need him to come back. If he comes back, I think it's a championship team. I agree. Even when you lose your most athletic player, your sixth man, to still be, a, I think, a championship team is just shows how good this team was and how talented it was at the start of the season. It's just a shame we've only got, what, two full games of, maybe even just one full game of Brazil and Nick Smith playing together? Injuries just suck. Because the one game, the, I think they played three games together, but one was the <laughs> game Nick Smith played five minutes, his first game of the year, and the third one, Greensboro, was the game that Trevon got injured in. Injuries can take away championships, Brandon, if you think about it. All sports across the world, injuries take yeah. away, can take yeah. away. San Jose State, the game we won by 41. That was the one game where we got full game of the Brazil only and Nick Smith. Yep. And Musselman said that in his post game. That's the only game we'll ever get to see everybody healthy. Yep. That really stinks. Yeah, it's but really it's basketball. Injuries are part of the game. I saw Missouri people being like, that's Justice Tre- Trevon for you leaving Missouri, you getting hurt from the year. I'm like, that makes me hate Missouri more. <laughs> I don't know. Even the guys you hate can't root for injury. <laughs> no, never. Anything else on this team going into conference play? LSU, December 28th? I don't think so. I think that's all I got. I think I. I so- will say, with the injury coming around, the holiday season is kind of fortunate for Nick Smith because the schedule is kind of light for the next two weeks. Yep. You kind of go nearly a week between games the next couple games. So, I mean, I think that helps him not that he won't miss too much time. And even if he has to miss two or three weeks, he'll only miss a few games. I think the game that you and I have circled um, is that Bama game. January home. 11th on or a Wednesday. Is it the 11th or 12th? It's the 11th. Oh. We know that before that, we have to go out of Auburn. I think it's the 11th. Before that, we have to go at Auburn, and that they're ranked. They had a huge win last night at at Washington. So they were at one point like eight. I think they dropped it down yeah. to like low teams. They lost to Memphis and somebody else. So um, that's a hard game. You know, it's not. That's yeah. not gonna be easy. So there's some. We have to start off hard. I think it's at LSU. At LSU at home versus, versus Missouri, Missouri which fourth. They're like ten and two. So record wise, they look good, but. I don't think it's an easy start, Braden. Then it's at Auburn, and then it's at home versus Bama, I think. I think those are the first four. Yeah, especially those Auburn-Bama games coming early in the conference <clears throat> before before school starts back up, and you're not going to have your student section. Yep. Yeah. Could be a tough start. I hope not. I People get so down on Arkansas sports when we start 0-2 or 1-2 in yeah. SEC play. For as passionate as the fans are up here. They give up. They, I mean, it's a roller coaster. I mean, they, they just they came up after we lost the Vanderbilt last year. A lot of people look at the team only as being only as good as their last game. Yep. Which, I mean, that's not the case. No. I mean, it's not everybody, but there is those. there are those people that only look at the team as good as their last game. And it's annoying when they do that. Yeah, it it's a roller coaster being an Arkansas fan. It really is. It's a roller coaster of emotion, dealing with the team and with these fans. Okay, but it, it's a good ride for the most part. It's a fun one. Yep. Yeah. Can't ask 
much better out of a college fan base or out of a college team, especially with what's going on really in kind of, I mean, football's out of question marks last year, but I mean, still all three programs seem to be trending up from where they were. Well, baseball's always been good, but now they're just We just amazing. need football to have to continue to be consistent. Just keep they keep bringing in good transfers. We've got a big bowl game next Wednesday, too. So yeah. A huge game. Yeah. Losing some commits, losing some players, but they're bringing in some pretty good transfers. Still bringing in some good players. So, some question marks last year. I think the coach signings were both pretty good so far. I mean, at least from what I've seen so far, they both sound like good signings. Especially the Stanford tight end coach mm-hmm. that's coached five or six NFL tight ends. And the new DC that's come from UCF that was with Malzon. Forget his yeah. name, but our new defensive coordinator. Yeah. Everybody's hyped about that. So. Yeah. Good things happening, as you said. I. A lot of people are really down on the football team with all the craziness going on, all the decommits, all the transfers. But the stuff that's coming in is, for the most part, better than I think what's leaving. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of a few big names, Catalan, um, Keytron Jackson, those are big names that you don't want to lose. But for the most part, I think we're bringing in starters and losing just some bench depth, mm-hmm. at least from the transfers. I mean, I Trey agree. Knox is another one you don't want to lose. Yeah, Trey Knox, that one does hurt. So, I mean, we're losing good players, and we're losing some depth, but I think we're bringing in good players, too. So, I don't think it. I don't think it's going to be a total bust next year. No. But this was a basketball pod, and basketball's so far so good, 11-1, number 10 in the country. That's true. I'm happy. I'm content with basketball, and I'll be content with football if I win the bowl game. But that will come. Yeah. We'll have a separate podcast for that. Yep. We'll have one for both <laughs> in January 28th games. Now, how about that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. All right, this has been Raise the Roof, an Arkansas podcast. Go Thanks Hawks. for listening. Brandon and Kareem Reed.